Hey, you're listening to Blindsight. Let's go. Dental health isn't something to take lightly. It's time to fight. It's time to thrive. Let's do this. Welcome to Blindsight. I'm your host, Bill Lundgren, and I'm glad to be back on after uh, technical problems we had with the last uh, presentation that we did. And uh, welcoming uh, Jonathan Price, our producer, back on the air. And Jonathan, thank you for stepping in <laughs> when my yeah. microphone was out and doing a good program. Thank you. And fun. you also have some announcements for us. Yeah, last week was a lot of fun. Um, it was a very interesting conversation, so go back and check that out. I do have some announcements. The first one being the Colorado Gives Day. It's ending on December 5th, so we're running out of time. So make sure that you get your donations in for Colorado Gives Day. So thank you in advance for those donations. And then we have uh, our... Hold on a sec. Hold on. Uh, do we, do they do we give donation directly to give and then name us, or yes. do we give it to? Oh, yes, okay. you give it. It's a Colorado Gives, um, and I forget the website off the top of my head. But you give it to Colorado Gives, and then you name AINC or Audio Information Network of Colorado as the beneficiary of that. I and, see. So, uh, that's the best way to do that. Yeah, it's Colorado Colorado Give Day Give. Dot org yes. is the email, and then uh, you know, mention us, give the contribution to them, and they'll match it. Yep, that's right. And that's the important thing we get. You know, we make more money yeah. if uh, we get a match on it. So that's why I'm you know, really uh, yep. trying to push that. Okay, Jonathan, you've got some others. Yeah, so our company, uh, we've, we're going to keep harping on this because we want you to understand what's happening. Our company is going through a name change from... Audio Information Network of Colorado to Aftersight. And that might be a little confusing because we have a podcast called Aftersight, which the podcast is now getting a name change as well, which will be now called The Blind Chick. So there's two different names. So starting January 1st, the company on a whole will be known as Aftersight and the show will actually be called The Blind Chick. So just keep that in mind. But we do have some other exciting things if you want to get a hold of us. We have a new feedback line phone number that is dedicated to your questions, your inquiries, and all those kinds of things. So the phone number is 720-712-8856. So that's the feedback line for AIN Colorado. It's 720-712-8856. And then we have a feedback email address. And you can email us, send us your questions, tell us how horrible we are or wonderful we are, and tell us you don't know what you're talking about at feedback, F-E-E-D-B-A-C-K at A-I-N Colorado dot org. And that's it. So you've got more ways to get a hold of us. You don't have to just listen to us and think we know what we're talking about. You can right. give us give us your input. That's right. I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so that gets us started, and so what we're talking about today is loneliness at this particular holiday time, and I think that's a, you know, everybody's talking about holiday blues because it is, it's not quite on the uh, 
American Psychiatric Association Diagnostical Statistical Manual, but it's something that all of us know. And what we want to talk about today uh, is how to deal, what it is, how we deal with it, and particularly to understand that, you know, this sometimes comes in with the territory. According to what I'm hearing now, about 50% of adults live alone mm-hmm. or are alone. So when we talk about loneliness, we're talking about something that is a pretty constant kind of thing. But guess what? When you turn on uh, your TV, you, you go to the movies, at this time of the year, it stresses lots of people having fun and you know, being with someone and romance and all that kind of stuff. And if you're alone, uh, you can feel that very acutely Mm -hmm. that you're not one of those people who's having the supposed good time. And this is, uh, this happened. And the thing is that you are not alone. There are a lot of people who are thinking the same thing as you are. Mm -hmm. But what do you do about it? Boy, lonely, it, that's such a hard, just just a blanket statement to see, oh, well, just don't be lonely. We're coming into a holiday season or, or a, a season mm-hmm. of time mm-hmm. where the first thing that comes to mind is suicide rates and how high they yep. are during this time, uh, especially right. for, I, I guess, the more successful rate of suicide for is for men than women. Uh, there are more suicide that attempts, I think, by women, uh, less successful, but when you think about loneliness, I tend to think that it's very easy to be alone in a crowd of people as well as being alone physically. And there's two differences. One, if you're in a crowd and you're with somebody, it's very easy. You can, in in certain instances, feel like you are by yourself. You're alone in what you're doing in your life. You may feel alone at your job or in your family or with your spouse or kids, or you may feel invisible. And that is more of an internal loneliness than it is a physical representation of loneliness. Like I can, like right now, as we're recording this, I'm in my house by myself. I am in essence alone. Now, relationally, I'm not alone. I have my family. I have my friends. I have my kids. I have all these people in my life who are allowing me to feel not alone. I have relationship with them. I have communication with them. That communication aspect is a huge aspect of feeling lonely. If you're not in communication with a lot of people, or you're not in communication with anybody, or you're being dishonest about things that are happening in your life, that can itself cause loneliness. The intimacy that communication and relationship brings is a huge um, help when it comes to feeling or not feeling lonely. And so I, I think the best way, at least initially, to get over some of those lonely feelings is to start connecting with people and going out and asking and saying like, hey, Bill, I noticed that you were out walking your dog today. How's your dog? How is things going on? Normally, 
in a healthy dialogue conversation, you would ask me a similar question and there would be a bond there. And that would create or it would dissipate that loneliness feeling. What do you think? Now, I want to add on to what you're saying, Jonathan, that there is a difference, and you were alluding to this, but I think it's it's good to spell it out. There's a difference between being alone right. and lonely. Yes. That's that's important. Plus when you when you talk about reaching out to to friends or you see someone who's a friend, but to break some of that uh, feeling of being alone, uh, it's really a good exercise for people. Even when you go shopping, go into the store, and the clerk is uh, is running up the tab or whatever, yeah. uh, you know, just say hello to uh, the clerk and maybe you know, say something that might be a conversation starter because that person may be equally feeling lonely. Right. He... He or she is not alone in a store, but can feel lonely. So when we uh, kind of cross the the boundaries between the worker and yourself, and we are friendly to them, that makes uh, that makes you feel good, but it also makes the other person feel good too. That feel like they're getting noticed, and this is what is. Uh, uh, so it's so important is to help people, including ourselves, to feel that we're noticed and that people are genuinely interested in us. And then we feel that this uh, uh, I'm lonely can get pushed back. Yeah. And the more that we take the opportunity to do that, the better it, it is uh, for us and also uh, for us to say, okay, wait a minute, am I alone and lonely? Yeah. Or is this loneliness is something that's coming in with us? And part of that is, you know, the depression, mm-hmm. the feeling somehow that, uh, you know, there's nobody out there for us. And that's one of the things that we really have to question when we feel sure. that. Are we really alone? Are we really, uh, are we not reaching out? Uh, is no one reaching out to us? Is that the problem? Or are there some other things going on, like the holiday, the belief that we're supposed to have a million friends right. who invite us over all the time, yeah. when really what we have to do is initiate mm-hmm. And, you know, and it doesn't have to be anything major. We say uh, to someone, uh, how about a cup of coffee? You know, meet me at such and such coffee shop just for a short time. One of the things I do, you know, when I'm, you know, feeling a little frazzled, which is about 90% of the time, uh, and I have a list of names of people and phone numbers Mm -hmm of people that I want to keep contact with regularly. And sometimes when you get that lonely feeling, you, your mind blocks right. those names. Yep. So that's why, you know, for me, I write it down. So I look and say, oh, you know, who's on that list? And then it, it triggers something for me to uh, have Siri call 
Jonathan. Call call Jonathan Price. And then we get a chance to touch base with very little little effort. But at the end of it, hopefully, Mm -hmm. we'll feel good because we made that contact and that person was receptive to our call. And and maybe make some arrangement to do something that makes us feel less like we're alone. Right. Well, it goes back to the whole relationship thing. I mean, you have yeah. to be willing to create relationships. And if you're not, your loneliness, I guess, quotient is going to go way up. Uh, especially if you're not willing to invest in somebody. But... It's the question of passive versus active. Right. If you're sitting at home waiting to think that somebody's just going to call you right. up, now that might happen. Right. If you think that somebody's just going to call you up and say, hey, I'm just wondering if you're feeling lonely, you know, right. that may or may not happen. Now, if that does happen, it's more than likely you've gone through a trauma or a, a, a surgery right. or, mm-hmm. or you've lost somebody or, you know, something like that. And people are calling, hey, how's it going? How you doing? Yada, yada. Right. But it, we hope. We hope. Right. But if you're yeah. just going through normal everyday life and you feel like you're in a slump and you're not talking to anybody, how is somebody supposed to know that you're going through that slump if you're not exactly. talking to somebody? Exactly. Yeah. I, I joke about sending Santa Claus a, uh, a note <laughs> to send somebody to me, <laughs> deliver that person under the Christmas tree and, you know, and take care of all of uh, any feeling of loneliness that I right. have. And that ain't going to happen. Right. And, but in terms of what we, what we all need is recognition. And the recognition is when we call up and say, Oh, do you want to do something? And and one of the things that happens is, especially when we're feeling that intense depression, we don't feel like we want to do anything. And if I were to say to you, well, one of the ways to deal with your feelings is to go out and exercise, what most people do is think, well, I need to exercise for an hour. I need to go down to the gym. I need, you know, we set up all these barriers from even getting started. Yeah. And or that we have to call 500 people. Or we have to have a party where people come over. Mm-hmm. That's uh, I think if I had started Figuring that, I would give up and go to bed and not, you know, uh, wait till the holiday is over. Right. But if I allow myself to do just small things like a walk or talking to one person and suggesting that they might go for coffee or something simple, then we get started. And then it begins to add on. Uh, you know, we have a success here and we start doing some other things. If we if we start exercising just five mm-hmm. minutes and then we say, oh, I can do more than five. And we, you know, I'm fortunate. I have a, uh, a dog yeah. who forces me to go out four times right. a day. In fact, he, he physically forces me. His head is, I'm at the computer and his head is pushing my arm up to say, <laughs> daddy, you know what time it is. Yeah. Yep, and that gets that gets me right. out, and it, in that piece, then I begin to stir mm. and get out. And if I'm feeling lonely, I I get out. Plus, there, I live on a park, so there are lots of people to talk yeah. to, lots of dogs meeting one yep. another. 
even though they're saying right now you you should not have your dog smoozing with other dogs because there's a cough going around. But you know <laughs> you can wave you can wave to people at the distance right. and and, uh, and and talk. But the the point is you don't have to do anything grand no. to get you out of this lonely feeling. It's the little little tidbit that we do uh, to get ourselves started, and then they feed on themselves and and they kind of get us uh, activated to do other things to help ourselves get out of this funk. Well, I'm going to say the quiet part out loud. Somebody may be going through the same thing you are. And if you can get out, so like one of my favorite things, I don't have a dog right now, but one of my favorite things to do is to go out, see if somebody is hanging out, working out, running, I don't know, and try to strike up a conversation with them and find out what they're going through. The more questions right. you ask, the more they right. open up. And when they right. open up to you, they will feel like you will feel like you could open up to them because they may inherently right. ask you some of those same questions or be curious as to like you meet somebody, "Hey, my name is Jonathan, what do you do?" Um they say, oh, well, I'm an accountant. Oh, that's awesome. Let me tell me about your accounting. Do you work for XYZ company or what kind of accounting do you do? And then you get them talking about their job. They will naturally ask you what you do. And then you start up those conversations. And then who knows, maybe you have this connection and it's fantastic and you have a lifelong friend, but then maybe you don't, but you've had a meaningful interaction. That meaningful interaction will propel you to another meaningful interaction and give you confidence to make some of those more uh, meaningful connections or just more of them. They may not all be meaningful, but they will have a weight more than just not having them at all, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I want to emphasize what Jonathan is saying. You know, we get the idea, oh, I don't have anything to tell anybody about me. Oh, yeah, you do. doesn't matter because it it's matters. What you're trying to do is get the conversation started, and everybody loves to talk about themselves yeah. if they're asked. That's right. And you may find you can't even give it a, a word in edgewise, but that's okay. You know, you're finding out about the interaction with another person, mm-hmm. And that person is going to be so thrilled that you even ask. That's why I say, you know, you think of the grocery store uh, person at the cash register. They, you know, they, uh, that can be a grueling job and they deal with people's complaints and so forth. And to have somebody ask how they're doing or do they have, you know, are they doing things for the holidays or are they, uh, you know, are they finishing up? tonight or they're working, yep. you know, late hours, whatever, anything that shows that you're interested in them mm-hmm. will generate the kind of uh, support and, uh, and, and uh, res- usually respond back. And if you don't get a response back, that tells you, okay, that didn't work. That isn't yeah. my fault. Well, I tell you one of my, and, one of my most favorite questions to ask either a waitress or a cashier or anybody doing one of those types of jobs is not, how are you doing? My favorite question to actually ask is, Hey, how's your heart today? 
And like they stop in their tracks and they're like, uh, wait, sure. wait, what? I have to now they're reevaluating what how their heart is feeling versus how their yeah, quote unquote mm-hmm. fake day or their fake job or right, their fake right. whatever they want to bull crap they want to put out there. Oh, I'm fine, whatever. I'm fine. Yep, my job's fine. It's a little tough today, had a few angry customers, but I'm fine. Like if you want to create meaningful world, a meaningful world and a meaningful connection, ask somebody how their heart is because then they have to reevaluate their entire personality and their entire mood in that moment. Right. You're more than right, likely going right. to get a very honest and real answer. How's your heart today, Bill? Hmm. Well, my heart might be upset because Aiden wanted to go out and I didn't really want to. Right. Or or it might be just a really rough day with all the customers. Right. And uh, you're the first person who's asked how I am. Yeah. And, you know, in that way, you begin the conversation. I was uh, with a group of friends at a restaurant uh, this past weekend. And uh, because my friends do that kind of thing, this particular group of friends, we found out that uh, our waitress is in training, is going to be going to uh, North Carolina to work at the uh, flagship for this company. And we got so much information, and there was uh, information passing back and forth in support. Mm -hmm. And we may never see that person again. But we ended the meal with a feeling, ah, she really is a nice person and and had a nice feeling about the the restaurant, too. Yeah, absolutely. When you when you put yourself out there and you allow yourself to, I guess, get out of your comfort zone. I don't want to say get out of your box, but get out of your comfort zone. Comfort zone. You, you yeah. tend to that is the tough. It part. is, but you tend to expand your the love that you naturally have for whatever it is, just the love that you have in your body. To extend to another person, you create a connection, which therefore limits that loneliness feeling. And I want to go back to something that you were talking about with the stories. So long as you have breath in your lungs, you have a story to tell. I, as a producer, Mm -hmm. talk to anywhere between 10 to 15 people a week about their stories. 99.999% of them say, I don't know why you want to hear my story. My story is not significant. I was like, yeah, it is. Right. Yeah, it is. And every guest that you hear on not only this show, but on Aftersight, Blindsight, Navigating Life, they have all talked to me and I have had personal conversations with them that they didn't even know that they could talk about. And so when you go out and you ask questions and you ask people what it is that makes them tick or gives them ticks for that matter, <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's one of those things that you have to be able to find something that they enjoy talking about because then they're open and receptive and you create that connection. Therefore, loneliness, bye-bye. Well, the, the saying that we're talking about is, that, you know, when we're in this lonely I'll use the word box. When we're feeling really lonely, we feel yeah. like we're the only one. Yes. We're the only one who is not liking our situation. Right. And so often, you know, particularly, you know, at a party, for example, and you're feeling lonely and you're feeling bored, chances are you're not the only one. And what a what a thing 
uh, you can do when you see somebody else who's standing there by themselves and saying, hey, you know, how, you know, just uh, asking how, you know, how they're feeling about uh, the party or uh, finding out they just got there or you're with, with someone. Any kind of question that allows them mm-hmm. to be themselves and to talk, people are just hungry because we have such difficulty initiating. Well, that is the one thing. The thing we need to do most, initiate, we just get real scared about doing because we might get rejected. Right. But there's a solution and for that, that Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things I've done with clients to, uh, uh, to get people started is saying, okay, make it a task to get three rejections. Yeah. You know, after you get your three rejections, you can go home. But, uh, and I don't mean set it up where you slap them in the face or something, but just do the very thing that you think uh, will happen. That is, you introduce yourself, you get started, and you're expecting rejection. Right. Okay, do that three times, because I can, I don't say this, but the chances are very slim that three times in a row you're going to get that kind of rejection. Most likely, I've had people who, (laughs) I had one person who did the rejection thing and ended up married to the person. (laughs) (laughs) Not not immediately, but they, they headed off and they never, they have never stopped talking since. But I I can't guarantee that that's going right. to happen. But you know I've been around the business right. for a long time, and uh, nothing surprises me anymore. That's hilarious. Uh, <laughs> but but the thing is, you it it's like they the uh, uh, Japanese say a journey of a thousand miles begins with the first right. step. And that first step is something that you have some control over. And when you, now, on the other hand, I've had people who started and the person gave them their whole life history in 10 minutes. Mm. And then that tells you, I don't think this is going to work. But that doesn't mean you failed. You just happened to pick out somebody who's, doesn't have a lot of skills yeah. in terms of interaction with other people. So you move yeah. on. You don't have to stay with them. You can move on and try it again with somebody where you get a true interaction. Yeah. But the, the I think the key of what we're talking about is that you have to do a little work. Yeah. It takes a little work to get some results, but not a lot. I don't think there's a no. lot of work that has to be uh, done. It just makes some, you know, some little bites of the situation, so you feel that you have some control. Well, there's, and uh, yeah, it it truly is as easy and at the same time incredibly difficult as starting with a thought. So let's let's do a thought exercise. So if I said, boy. Nobody, surely nobody feels like I'm feeling. Nobody feels like that. A lot of people say that. If you change that phrase, that one tiny little phrase, instead of saying, 
surely somebody doesn't feel like I do to say, I wonder if somebody's feeling like I'm feeling right. You've gone from a critical nature to a curious nature. And when you become curious, when you become Mm -hmm. curious, your entire world expands because Mm -hmm. then you say, I Mm -hmm. wonder if that person is feeling lonely. Then you might say, then you may be able to play and and we're going to kind of get into the savior complex here a little bit, but then you can go (laughs) into say, Hey, I'm going to go ask that person how they're doing because they may be feeling lonely right now. And I know I'm feeling lonely. So maybe I can speak something into their lives where they may be hurting. And because then you, then you have the ability to give something to that person that they were never expecting. Right. For me, that is an absolute critical foundation for creating connection. The ability to be curious and wonder, I, I wonder if somebody else is going through alcohol abuse, drug addiction, a divorce, problems with their kids, problems with their family. I wonder what they're going through. I wonder if somebody else is going, find a group, find a Facebook group, find any, any sort of YouTube channel who talks about that. Because when you start asking the questions, the five most powerful questions, who, what, when, where, why, and I'll include how, you know, those things will get you out of that funk. It's just got to be, you've got to be brave enough to get out of that critical self uh, condemnating spirit and switch your mindset to say, I wonder if, I wonder who. And, you know, when you mention alcoholic, I, it, it reminds me to give a, uh, a recommendation, especially when you're feeling a little depressed mm. or feeling lonely. Yeah. Uh, alcohol is kind of a disguise. Yep. You know, it, it acts, people think it's a stimulant. It is not. It's the depressant. And what it does do is takes away some of the inhibition, but it also uh, creates problems. Now, I don't mean alcoholic. I mean just in terms of, okay, you start drinking, and if you keep drinking to try to deal with these lonely feelings, yeah. you're not getting rid of the lonely feelings. You're you know, acerbating it, actually. Right. So that if, you know, just hold off on the alcohol when you're there and just try some of the things that we're talking about Mm -hmm. before you have that party cocktail. Because after you have the party cocktail, all bets are off. Right, exactly. And even even for people who are social drinkers, in that you want to be listening to the other person. You want to interact with the other person. And you want to have the feeling of success in that interaction, knowing that you weren't using something to uh, to mask how you were feeling or to uh, take care of that in- inhibition because you're one of the things you're having to learn is how to deal with the inhibition non-chemically. Right. And get used to that and being able to interact. And at the same time, when you start interacting and you've got somebody that you realize is, you know, this is going to be overwhelming. This person is going to talk your ear off. The person isn't interested in you. They're just talking about themselves. Then that's when you don't 
you know, don't hesitate to, you know, kind of uh, give yourself an out to move on to someone else and say, oh, uh, I need to uh, stop and get something or go to the restroom or whatever it is. You don't have to put up with it. You have to feel the, you know, if there's an interaction going, that's what you want. If it's a one-sided conversation, you do not have to be there. You won't offend it. You offend anybody because that has probably happened to that person any number of times. That's why they're alone. But if you can just feel free to be yourself, to interact, to make the situation uh, in, in a sense under your control, that's going to help you feel uh, like you can be active rather than passive. Yeah. And in success breeds success. That's true. And the more that you try these things, and, you know, if you're really afraid of the situation, just try it and know that you can leave the situation anytime you want to. You're not being held bondage. Mm-hmm. You, you just have to feel, okay, uh, I'm going to try this. If it doesn't work out, and this is true, any party you go to, if it's not working out for you, you know where the door is. <laughs> right. And and you say, well, this is a dull party, or this just it, and and not put it on you that you were, you know, that you were inadequate. Yeah. There, there. I've been to a number of parties. I was glad to get out of. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but. <laughs> Yeah. It has nothing to do with, uh, you know, with you. It has to do when you're trying some things out, it may not work out quite the way you want, but that doesn't mean you're wrong. It just means, okay, I've got to hone my skills and be watchful of who I uh, approach. Yes. That's all. There's nothing wrong with that. Everybody else does that. Yeah. And, you know, and then you can feel like you're in charge. And that's part of the the loneliness is when you feel you're not in charge. You, you learn helplessness, as uh, Seligman talks about, where you feel like you can't do anything, when indeed you've got all the tools in the world. Yeah. That, that begins the process for you of getting out of this, this uh, doldrum. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think this is a good place to kind of land this plane. What I know we're going to be spending a couple of weeks on loneliness. Where are we going yeah. to go next week? Next week, I want to talk more about specifically about holiday blues because uh, one of the things that's real, and, and we're talking about it in loneliness, what can you do? I think that we don't realize that we have the tools to figure out what's going on internally for us. Yeah. And it's, you know, that learned helplessness. Uh, it's, there are some things that we can do when we're feeling down, some questions we can ask ourselves to try to understand the source of the feelings that we have. And when we get to the source, it, the, the solution also comes into play. Yeah. But you see, if we go around with this feeling and we don't know where it's coming from, it's real hard to do anything about it. It's a, diagnosis so to speak Mm. and you know if we can't diagnose that's where it's sometimes helpful to have someone else help us 
in the diagnosis. For example, uh, just some people are very affected by weather. We need to know that. Yeah. Or someone has an anniversary mm. that particular day and sort of forgot that, yeah. but they feel really down. There's something wrong. Yeah, that'll be a so that'll, we'll talk about that'll be a really good conversation. That'll be fun. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, so I, I will sign off. We will sign off. Thank you, Jonathan, for participating in this yeah. with your helpful information. Uh, I'm not that wild about being a lecturer who's going to talk constantly for a half hour. <laughs> <laughs> I like the interaction. Me too. But uh, what I hope we'll have some interaction from some of the people who are listening to us. Uh, but for now, we'll close blind sight and uh, look forward to getting together with, with you at next week. Take care. Thank you, Jonathan. Take care.